we're <laughs> reading chapters. <laughs> Something through 16. I forget where we started. Um, I guess thoughts, Josh. Um, I think it's too long. I'm kind of bored with it. Um, but the story, the story is good. I'm just kind of bored with it. Okay, Bill. I um, I feel the same way. I wish that Ernt was a more sympathetic character. Oh, definitely. Yeah. All right, Eric. Uh, I find some elements of it is interesting, but most elements shallow, and so I could be done. And Austin? Um, so far, I pretty much agree with everything that's been said. One thing that I have grown to really not like is, like, the suddenness in which things happen. Yes. Um, everybody flips sides so fast and it's like it doesn't match their character very much or their character is so stuck in their ways that like you don't see any you don't see any other side of them so there's some some missing pieces i think and i agree with everything that's been said like notably like it is very black and white like a person is good or bad like some characters, like some bad characters, like rarely, if ever, like show any, you know, positivity or like shades of gray. And it, just as well for the good characters, they're just like good, just like wholeheartedly, <laughs> like a great person, almost no faults. Um, and everyone's saying that this is too long. <laughs> we still have two hundred some pages to go. Oh my god! <laughs> I know. We right? have more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in my print, anyway. Oh right, right. Yeah, my, um, yeah mine's a little. Longer. But yeah, Let's... I was worried about that the very first section. Which... I no, I. Go ahead. I just feel like we can sort of see what's coming in that. Yeah. Cora and. Um... Matthew? No, Lenny. Matthew? Cor and Lenny are going to become, like, strong, independent women and leave Ernt somehow. Whether I don't know if he's going to die or they're going to leave him, but somehow they're going to come to their own and not need a man to survive in Alaska. But I feel like the novel just needs to tell us, like, 4,000 times that Ernt is a bad guy. And oh my at this point in the story, Cor and Lenny are not strong enough to stand up to Ernt. And so I just feel like we've gotten that like two dozen times and I'm like, I get it. They will eventually be strong enough and I'm waiting for that moment to happen, but it's probably going to happen in the last 10 pages and I need <laughs> these 550 pages. No, I, I, it bugs me because it's not even trying to like vary the way it gives us that message that Ernst unstable and it's that very Ernst blunt. is going to explode. It's it's and it it's like on page one eighty two I have, uh, yes you will, Mister Walker said you have no choice so let it go and lose gracefully have a drink, gracefully Mister Walker didn't know by now Dad wasn't one to let things go, and then literally three pages forward on page one eighty five, uh, it's Mom lit a cigarette he never lets anything go, <laughs> and I just it. 
I agree wholeheartedly with the fact that the book really wants to make the reader aware of certain things, but I just think it hits us over that. You know when I was talking about spoon feeding in the mm-hmm, for sure in the last conversation, there it's it's so bad in this book. But there is a a few parts of spoon feeding that I noted too. Just like when she used an analogy, but then like explained the analogy after <laughs> she used the analogy. <laughs> like when she when like the mother compared her love to her Coke. father like heroin, and then yeah. <laughs> and then she goes, she knew it wasn't normal, mom and dad, to compare her love to a drug that could hollow your body and fry your brain and leave you for dead. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we get it. It's like, we know heroin is bad. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. I I don't see what. But there are some things that are interesting. I I just think this book could be shorter. Yeah, the developing thread between Lenny and uh, Matthew, Matthew, I think, could be interesting. Kind of mirror like Cora and Ernst's relationship, possibly. How Lenny's kind of yeah. afraid of that, but I just don't have enough faith in this book that'll explore that <laughs> plot thread. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just going to really circle back around to Ernst. Yeah, I I want to talk about that uh, Matthew and Lenny's relationship at some point later because I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, compliments in the front or praise for it somebody calls it highly cinematic and I don't think that's a bad description of it mm, um, no because yeah. it, it's there's not this super deep uh, analytical aspect or philosophical point to the novel it is literally just scene after scene of situations or people interacting um, and it's meant to be very like clear like we're hinting at something, but it's also we're hitting you over the head with it. It's like a Hallmark movie. Exactly. Yeah, it feels so like a Lifetime movie for sure. Yeah. So yeah. So you admit? I don't think that her purpose. I don't think she wrote a novel to be really deep in stuff like that. I think she meant to write a novel that was a pushing plot that was easy to follow without any guidelines. Okay. And that's something we touched upon the first uh, conversation, too. Like, is she just trying to tell a story, or is she trying to, like, touch upon other things, too? I think there's brief moments of touching upon, you know, like, domestic abuse and uh, violence and PTSD, but at the same time, Josh, you kind of mentioned in the chat, like, the PTSD that we're seeing, it's not what I would consider or what anybody really has considered a true uh, depiction of it. It's like, this guy's just a really horrible person who also went to war and is right. struggling. Yeah. Um, the, the Great Alone has uh, Sony purchased the rights to make, make a movie of it. Because they, they made, made a movie of The Nightingale... And I wonder if she wrote this, and in the back of her mind, she was like, I'm going to get another movie deal for this. And that's why it's so cinematic, you know? What makes authors more money? Uh, uh, Being an international number one, oh, yeah, see, 
movies. selling a book internationally or getting the movie right? Uh, I'd imagine movies. I feel like yep. they go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think both, both make, make it a ton of money. Nice. Okay. <laughs> good, uh, plotting his future. Good call out, Josh. <laughs> I think that's uh she she literally wrote a screenplay. <laughs> uh, so what was your question, Eric? Do you think the author has sympathy for Ernt? I think no. if she does, she doesn't do a good job showing it. So therefore, she does not. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can I see my mom so. watching this movie on Lifetime. And, like, <laughs> the male characters in Lifetime it. movies are not redeemable. They're usually pieces of shit. Or they're spectacularly good. Right. In like, like Mr. Walker's. Yeah. Remember the... Uh, it was like a little yapping... Um, Jack Russell Terrier going up against a Rottweiler. <laughs> no. Back to your question, though. Like, if they, um, if she's showing sympathy, I'm thinking about what Josh said about, like, the PTSD related to as a sickness and how that may, is his main point of being a bad person is his PTSD. It's like, on page 189 for me, there was a paragraph that, like, really didn't sit well with me. Um, it's here I'll read it here it says Lenny noticed how powerful Mr. Walker looked beside her father how steady Lenny couldn't imagine Tom Walker ever stumbling around drunk or talking to himself or waking up screaming and crying <laughs> it's like he's powerful because he doesn't have PTSD <laughs> it's, it's just a really weird comparison it's like he's powerful because he didn't go to Nam and he's not, and he's not suffering from PTSD so he's a strong man and I think so, going back to yeah. what you said, Ben, earlier, like she just had to listen. She's checking things off. She's like, I need a bad guy. How can I make <laughs> – how can I justify right. the abuse? How can I uh, make it difficult for Lenny and Cora to leave? I'll develop a weak backstory and uh, – I don't know. He went to Nam or something. <laughs> <laughs> Impregnated a teenager, took her away from her family, went to Nam, came back and beat her. Oh, her but her parents were rich, and he doesn't like rich people. Yeah, yeah, good, good. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, talking about uh, plot points that don't make sense, I just want to mention the beginning of the time jump. Uh, did anyone else, like, pick up on... So it, there's this, like, scene yeah. where she has to cross this log, right? Mm. And then she kills the, uh, the, the goat. Sheep. The sheep. How does she get it back across oh, the yeah, log? Yeah. Right? Dude, I know. <laughs> I was thinking about that, too. I was like, wow, she had trouble crossing this just by herself. How's she going to do this with 100 pounds of meat? Yeah. And then, and then just, that, bloop, they... just, I'm just going to hop right over that part. <laughs> they also trashed the VW down that down the side of the hill, but then they traded in for a nice truck. Like, yeah. like nobody's, one, nobody's going to take the VW because it's an old piece of shit, but nobody's going to take it after it flipped over a the side of the hill. The person who did take it is sleeping in it now. But like, <laughs> oh, how did they get that truck? <laughs> My, okay. Like when he was like, you only been here for four years. He's like, four, I've been here, or sorry, uh, Ernst's like, I've been here for four years. And Tom Walker's like, oh, a whole four years, huh? Chichago. <laughs> You're taking our town from us, boy. Yeah. And that's, I think that's, in my mind, that's what tells me that the author has no sympathy for Ernst is because like she's made them he she's made him into this big fool that's leading the charge to like 
keep the city uh, the way it's always been, and he only just got there. Right. right. And it was made and worse it, by the fact that he started that conversation within his first six months there. Like, within six months, right. he was like saying, Armin, like, nope, the don't, yeah, don't change, you can't change our town, and everybody's like, yeah, you're right. And then four years later, it's the same conversation. Right, and, and, and the fact that he wanted to put, out. like, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, and then he gets called out for only being there for four years. And it's so he's got that, the fact that he wants to, like, he wants to keep the town pure and despite just getting there. And when he was suggesting putting, like, grenade, live grenades in, <laughs> uh, in Matt Earl's backyard, like, I, I don't think the author Hilarious. could make him look any more stupid than he is. And it has looked this section. I agree. And 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 um, to Josh's point, I, th- I just think that's why this is so problematic. Why? What is so problematic? Going ah, because it just makes. Because Josh was saying it puts a bad name out there for vets that do have or have had traumatic experiences and are trying to make something of their lives to have these kind of negative images uh, in the media. Sure. Uh, and so Ernst looks pretty bad a lot in this section, and I don't think it's the best portrayal. I think it's that coupled with the fact that the book always points to PTSD as his sole problem. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the problem. Because even, like, the alcoholism and the abuse stems from PTSD. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. Not Mr. Walker, though. He's not a weak man. He's great. <laughs> um, I have a question. Yeah. How does this novel handle uh, gender roles, and would you call it a feminist story? So we kind of touched on this last time about okay, what you know, was this book written for a certain audience? And we kind of decided that it was definitely a female-heavy audience that she was going for. Um, I think the gender roles are switched in the reverse pretty nicely in some ways, but again, there's also like the the really strong male figure, um, but there's also really strong female figure, so that's cool. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I think I think I would qualify this as a feminist te- text. I can I go next? Yes, go. I I don't think we can make that call until we see what happens next. Mainly because that the main character of Lenny is at like it doesn't seem I don't like the way that her relationship with Matthew is playing out. It seems like she's in the same trap or falling into the same trap that her mom did, and that's been foreshadowed a couple times. And mm-hmm. until, she's worried about it too. Yeah, and until Lenny make a decision on who she's going to live her life for, whether it's for herself or for Matthew, I I can't say whether this novel's progressive or not. Mm, that's not the question, though. Is it a feminist? It's progressive or not, yeah. Well, I just don't... In regards to the gender roles that are going on, and is it is it a feminist text, I, I just had... I, hold my judgment until I see what happens with Lenny. Uh, I would argue definitively yes. Yes, it is. Um, just because 
like there's so many strong female characters and like when they first moved in like it was Thelma and Geneva and like women who are helping them build barms helping them like hunt helping them all this and uh, yeah I think hands down this is a feminist novel I think I think her relationship with Matthew kind of weakens that because it is so um I don't know. Stereotypical. Like, he's six foot two. He's a hockey player. Yeah. He's so <laughs> strong. Oh, but he said that his mom died. He has feelings. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, so that kind of takes away from the purity of um, the message, but I think still, yeah, I, for sure, feminist. I definitely agree with Bill, and I'm going to go a little farther and say that it's a feminist text that does a bad job of being a feminist text right because how much screen time do those characters have in the book but so i'm gonna i'm gonna read a few things to to say my point here so here's a sentence right a woman has to be tough as steel up here cora you can't count on anyone to save you and your children which is right a feminist message like women have to be tough up here but what does it imply? It implies that men are inherently tough, right? Because she's not saying people have to be tough up here. She's saying women have to be tough up here because men are tough already, seems to be the mm-hmm. implication to me. Another one is, uh, uh, this is Mr. Walker uh, chiding Ernt. You aren't even the stupidest, not by a long shot, but a man who doesn't take care of his wife. Um, you got no right to say about, you got no right to say anything about keeping a woman safe, do you, Tom? Right? And so, again, I think they're just reinforcing male gender stereotypes while simultaneously trying to say that women are the strong ones. They're also saying that men are inherently the strong ones. You know what I mean? Or like right here. Oh, men are stupid. You might as well learn that now. Look at bull moose. They ram into each other at full speed. Uh, Some with doll sheep. This will be a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing. Again, this idea of, like, men are the strong ones that do the fighting. Or then you can look at, like, um, when Cora was trapped in the van, who saved her? Tom did. The strong man. And who? what two people are signifying the conflict in the village? It's Tom and Ernt, the strong mm-hmm. men. So I think it's like saying, like, oh, women need to be strong. Women need to survive on their own. But then also doing all these things that are like saying the opposite of the message she's trying to give if that makes sense Mm -hmm. good evidence nice support the only thing i would counter with is like um walker was able to save her after lenny like walked a mile in the alaskan night but like that also goes into your message saying like yes they're strong women but it still reinforces the stereotypical man too yeah or even, I mean, even like small things like the doctor that treated Cora. So I don't know. I just think that the feminist message is like, she's very mm-hmm. much trying to do it, but it just like rings a little hollow. So what, I mean, like, what would what would this book need to do to be uh, a feminist book that does or that sells its message well? I feel like. The thing that got me thinking about it was those, like those things that I read, is like parts of novel, like dialogue in the novel, where they say things that reinforce typical gender stereotypes, even though they have 
strong female characters. And I feel like those, that creates this, like, inherent, like, there are these contradictions in the novel. And so I think you would have to get rid of those in order for the the message to to come across. Ring loud and clear. Right. And then I think also just because I'm not saying all the female characters have to be strong. I'm saying I wish there were two or three perhaps because there's large Marge right but right. I don't know she doesn't feel like a main character yeah. yeah no that's what I was trying to say like she's totally in the background and also like why like an example would be how about instead of Tom Walker saving uh, Cora you had large Marge go down there and save her or well, she, make, she, well, she does. wasn't the one to reach in and like grab her out of the yeah vehicle. but think of that image of the strong yeah. man pulling her out of the wreckage of the yeah. ruined car and carrying her up the slope of the hill. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to have that budding romance between Tom Walker and Corey right. to I, piss I, off her. We can't forget about like the three women that showed up initially to help them like set up their whole estate. Right. Right, but that's what I'm saying is like you have these moments where the author is clearly trying to make this a feminist book. Yeah. But then there are these contradictions to that. I'm not saying that there are no moments of... Right, like, if you care so much about these women that you have so much respect for, why not make them more central to your novel? (laughs) The only point I can make is, like, thinking of this like a Lifetime movie, I wouldn't call those feminist movies. I would call those female empowerment, and I think this is a good way to categorize this book. Female empowerment, but not, like, forwardly feminist. I think that's very good. Mm -hmm. Josh? I mean, I don't. I guess those words aren't too terribly different for me, so I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. It's like when you think feminists, I don't know. I, I guess like progressive or, or I, yeah, I don't know. Because like when I see like Lifetime movies or movies of like women overcoming like an abusive spouse or something just to wind up in the arms of another man who saved her life, I wouldn't call that a feminist like movie. Uh, right, because it's got mixed messages. What? I think I think I know what you're saying. You're saying like the book isn't trying to adjust address gender stereotypes; it's just trying to empower yeah. women. Right. I could. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So I think that also like, goes back to the discuss, like what we've kind of been saying. There are no extremely deep elements that are being analyzed. It's more a story with little bits of elements that might hint towards a, a thing or two, but <clears throat> there's no true depth. There's no true like reason for it other than to push the plot. Right. Right. Agreed. And I think the same thing can be said about like the PTSD in the novel. Like it's there, but it's not too thoroughly thought out. I think this like idea of modernity and, and like destroying nature is there. Uh, and like capitalism and the great outdoors is there, but not too thoroughly thought out. But also the paranoia of the seventies, you know, it's like all this stuff is it's, it's all there. It's, it paints a good, like, overall image but i don't think that it has an ever, agenda it never digs in it never really yeah 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 a theme josh predictions um i mean i think the 
They Ernt is not going to die. Core uh, and Lenny are going to find the strength within themselves to leave him. The end. Nice. Uh, I'll go next. I think that uh, Ernt is going to kill Cora, and then I think Tom Walker is going to try to kill Ernt, and in the process, Matthew is going to try to jump in and save his dad, and he's also going to die. And then Lenny's going to kill herself, and then the oh, only yeah, person what? that's left standing... Wow, that The really only person that's left genius. standing is... Axel, and he's telling the story because this is Hamlet. We're going to make Hamlet become this novel. That's pretty good. Yeah. Lord. They're all going to die. Right. Axel's gonna so, my prediction is that um, yeah, why not? So, Ernst is going to kill Cora, and then Lenny and Matthew are going to run away together but then there's going to be a bear or an avalanche or a mudslide or something. And Tom Walker and Ernt are going to have to put their differences aside and team up to save the kids. Ooh. That's a good one. I kind of like that. Um, I don't know. Maybe I think the Adventure Lodge is going to become wildly successful <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Maybe Lenny will be made like an assistant manager at it, and <laughs> she'll, she'll struggle to find like hardworking teenagers that don't want to just or that will show up on time for their shifts. I like it. That leaves room for the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny runs a general store, the Great Alum too. <laughs> Uh, I don't know either. I guess, I mean, I'm pretty sure Matthew is going to have a pivotal role in helping Lenny, and they're going to wind up together, and he's going to save her from Ernt, because this is a young adult novel. <laughs> I just think, I, I honestly don't think there's a young adult novel out there that doesn't say young adult somewhere on the book. I mean, can it, what do you, how do you define a young adult novel? Do you agree that the target audience is young adults? I just, in my head, a young adult novel, like, overtly sells itself as young adult, and the fact that we're questioning is it or isn't it is definitive. No, you're questioning. Who do you think the target audience is? Moms. Moms. Interesting. My mom. This... <laughs> no, my, mom my mom would watch this. Oh, it's a Selena yeah. novel. This is a Selena movie. <laughs> Man, I think it bothers me that this is like up for debate because I read the description. I was like, oh, this sounds good. This looks like a good book. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're having whether or not it's for us. <laughs> it bugs me too because the literal text that says for the title of The Great Alone on my on my uh, on the front cover is crayon. And still, I'm trying to fight this tooth and nail. <laughs> Is it like rainbow colored? No, it's, just like, it's just like someone wrote The Great Alone in red crayon on the front of my face. Nice. Wait, really? Can I'm you send a picture to the chat? Yeah, I'll yeah send I want to see this. I'll send it to the chat. Mine's like a, just... uh, an Alaskan landscape with some colors running through it. 
Yeah, I'm, that's mine too. I'm gonna pick young adult. Uh, my next for my next choice is it's just gonna be five young adult novels, oh, and then and then you guys will all <laughs> stay. get to the bottom of this. <laughs> it's gonna be so different, and you'll be like, you know what? Yeah, I understand now. 